Welcome to the Abbott Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We're going to do a message today that is called uh, Live in Such a Way. Live in Such a Way. But you know, I don't know about you, but um, when I grew up, um, I grew up a little bit weird. And I grew up as a very awkward human being. And um, you've probably heard me say this before, but as I was growing, um, and maybe some of you are like this too, is that certain parts of you grow faster than others. Some people, they like grow really, really tall, super fast. And some people get really big noses and they grow into them. But I had, a gi- I had gigantic hands and feet that I never grew into. And I always thought I was going to. There was always this hope, and then there was this gigantic hope deferred. And so I was actually five foot nine and only 11 years old when I had, I grew into these size 14 shoes. Feet, my feet fit this shoe. Like it literally, my right foot is a 14 and my left foot is only a 12, okay? So that's weird. It's really like a 13 and a half and a 12 and a half, okay? But they're an entire size different. But you have to, you can't go buy two shoes, right? That's weird, right? So you have to just have one shoe. And so I grew I was only five foot nine and had these gigantic skis. I could swim like you would not believe, but I was not so good on land, right? And I grew up um, tripping on lots of things, if you can imagine. And so I'm a tripper. I, I was not the most coordinated of humans. Um, and throughout my life, I learned how to trip on pretty much everything, it seems. I've tripped on everything you can imagine from trees, logs, stumps, uh, grass. I could trip on grass. I can trip on the slightest little uh, variants of steps. Boom, I'm tripping on those. Um, I'll trip on a, if there's a wrinkle in a piece of carpet anywhere, boom, that's mine. I own that thing. I've got it. I'm down. If I get back up, I'm pretending like I was praying or doing something else. I trip on stuff at the gym. I stumble on things all the time. And when I was younger, it was worse because I was even more disproportionate. And so, you know, um, lifting size 14 feet every single step, that's difficult. And so I remember, like, I, I, I would just trip on my own toes. They're enormous. So I would just trip on them. And the fronts of my shoes would always start to peel open in the front, and I thought that was normal, like everybody had shoes in the front, so I'd run through the playground, and my shoes would be like front end loaders, just scooping up all the little pebbles, you know, and I started to figure out I wasn't like everyone else. (laughs) You can feel sad for me, okay, but um, uh, there's a point to this, and anyway, so, um, you know, if we're being really honest about this, it's so bad that I can trip on a painted line. Does anybody else do this? Does anybody else trip on? I'll be walking, you know, and then hit. I'll look back to see what it is, and it's literally a line painted on the ground. And I'm not sure if that's the Lord doing something, you know, to mess with me or, like, test me or develop me, like, you know, the losing thing stuff, you know, but... Is anybody else, like, why would I stumble exactly on that line? Like, I could stumble anywhere, but no, I happen to trip on the painted line. Does anybody else do this? Am I the only person? I am weird. You've done it. My daughter's done it. <laughs> Thanks. So it's genetic, okay. <laughs> Glad I'm passing things on. 
But one of the worst things to trip on is toys. Anybody with me? So I've been a parent for 22 years, and I've tripped on virtually every generation of toy possible. G.I. Joes, He-Man, uh, Barbie dolls, Barbie houses. Um, I've tripped on uh, Tonka trucks, uh, race cars, trains, Lincoln logs. But everybody knows this. The worst of all things to trip or stumble on is a Lego. Amen? The worst of all things is to trip or stumble on is a stinking Lego. It's the worst. And so what I, you know, when I was a younger parent, I, I would get mad at these things when I trip on them, and then I would just scoop them up and I'd throw them on the ground and be like, stupid, why? And this is a question I have for every single one of my children, all six, why? Why do you have to play with your toys out in front of my bedroom door? Why is that the spot? Because in the middle of the night, of course, it only takes one Lego, right? And your Christianity, your testimony's been tested. You find out what's on the inside when you step on a Lego, don't you? You know, you're like, something's bubbling up from in there. It's not good. But I figured it out. I got to be more savvy because we stretched out having children over a very long period of time. And so instead of just passing this kind of great insight on to, my, to do to my grandchildren, I now get to do to my own children. So one of the things you will learn is that um, when you step on things and you discover that they're a hazard, instead of throwing them away, you save them. You pick them up and you save it. You go, oh, this is a great hazard. And you save it instead of tossing it because you think, oh, if I throw it away, it'll just, I'll never stumble on it again. Lie. If you throw it away, guess what? You go to Christmas, birthday, and you buy more stuff to trip and stumble on. You go to McDonald's and you go like, oh, yeah, let's get this stupid toy so I can step on it. <laughs> right? It's always coming in your house. Save the best ones. Keep the best stuff. And you hide it away. Because when you have teenagers, see, when you have teenagers, grounding doesn't work. It's just more to manage. Forget it. Don't ground kids. This is what you do. You take those toys that were great hazards in the middle of the night when they're sleeping. You slide them out in front of their doorstep at night. And then you just go lay in your bed. Oh, Jesus. You can sleep sound because you know that noise is coming. When they get up to go to the bathroom at night, oh, Lord. God will not be mocked. A child will reap what they sow. And the key is this, is when you wake up in the morning, you can't just let that go. You wake up in the morning, and you got to get up before them and make sure the coffee's going, and you got to be brewing your coffee, and when they get up, you, you got to have the certain level of smugness on your face when they come down so they know you know. <laughs> but they don't totally know it was you, but they think it might have been. There's a perfect balance in this. And you wait and you go, oh, so how'd you sleep? (laughs) 
you know, I slept great. And, you know, I did, I did hear one weird thing in the night. It was kind of like this bumbling noise, and I did think I heard a little swear word or something, and and they go, oh, yeah, I don't know what, the, you know what, it's the weirdest thing because, you know, Mom, that old Tonka trunk that I used to play with, you know, I haven't seen it for years. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, I stumbled on that. I wonder where that came from. Gee, son, I don't know. Oh. And then you have to subtly hint indirectly about the thing they did bad the day before so they can make a connection. Okay. So, t- <laughs> Legos. And listen, if you really want to win, you just need one Lego, okay? You just set it out in front of their room, and they'll never know it's you. And I trust me, this is a Lego's job in life. You don't have to worry if they're going to step on it. The Lego finds you, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just perfect. It'll just, you're just going to find them, okay? So this is the thing. i got to let you know something a little deeper, a little scarier about your pastor is that I also grew up, so because I was falling so much, I do believe this is why I became this dysfunctional, is because I was falling all the time. I felt left alone, and I was lonely, and thought everyone should fall, right? So if I'm falling, you should fall too. So I developed a small, I mean, just a small little habit of tripping people. (laughs) It's not that big a deal, guys. Let's not blow it out of proportion, and I started tripping people. So when I was a ch- young child and growing up to my teen years, and if I have to be honest, even after I got saved, I started to continue this behavior. But Jesus can change anything, right? So I, if you're running past me even to this day, I'm just going to be honest. If you're running fast, especially, and you're going past, I'm not thinking about giving you a high five. I promise. In my mind, I'm imagining in slow motion. (laughs) Look at him go. (sighs) I'm sorry. It's sick. It's bad behavior. I know it. I'm owning it right now. Okay. Just pray for me and don't run close to me. (laughs) And especially don't let your children run close to me because I especially loved to trip small children. I don't know why. It just is hilarious to me. It's wrong. God dealt with this part of my life. But all my children growing up got tripped by me. And I, I, I especially love to chase after them and trip them. That's even more fun. But throw pillows are not for feng shui and coolness. They're for tripping children. And so I would always throw those at my kids and trip them all the time. If I'm being even more vulnerable, I would tell you that if you're riding a bicycle past me on the pathway, I have terrible images of grabbing your bicycle handle where the brake is. (laughs) Isn't that bad? (laughs) I tell my wife this when we walk, I go, it's so hard for me. They're driving by and I'm like, I've never done it to anybody, but I do imagine what it would look like. Okay, I don't judge me. You said you weren't going to judge me now, okay? So be good. Because you have bad thoughts too, all right? I'm just the only one being honest right now. (laughs) I didn't want to be alone. I wanted other people to fall too. I couldn't be the only one growing in my character. Everybody has to grow too, okay? So we're all tripping together. Amen. I did discover this was bad behavior and it did need to be changed. And here's the thing. Sometimes in our life, We live like this. We are Christians, believers, 
that have a tripping testimony or a stumbling standard. And we have this thing that happens in our life where somehow we get it in our head that it's okay for us to kind of behave or do whatever we want. Why? And we just become these tripping believers. We're like, oh, boo, sorry about that. There's a lot of different reasons why we end up this way. One, we grow up like I did. Weird. The second thing is we don't see ourselves right. We don't see ourselves right. We don't see how important we really are, how important the life God gave you really is. Romans 14, 13 says, so let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble or fall. Decide to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. This is a decision that you and I have to make. It's not okay to strip small children. I had to decide. <laughs> Even if you think it's funny, it's not right. You gotta let it go. Let that kid run past. Don't be a stumbling block for someone else. Here's the thing, when you see that your life doesn't matter, that you're small and insignificant, that you are not important in the kingdom, you think it doesn't matter how you live. I think it's not important how I live. I think people aren't watching, that it doesn't really influence, impact people's lives. It does. You're not insignificant, you're important, and the way you live matters. How you lead your life matters. Live in such a way. Decide. This is the key. Decide. It, you have to choose. You and I have to just choose that we're going to live in such a way that our life will be a positive light and testimony to other people around us. And the standards are high, church. The standards are high for us not to be a tripper of others. Instead, to be a builder up Someone who builds up others in the body of Christ by the way we live, the way we talk, how we interact, that we're not gonna cause others to stumble. Instead, when we see them start to stumble, we reach in and grab them and help them up. And if they fall, we lift them up. Come on. And we have, the standard's so high, we have to be willing to remove from our life even the painted lines that could cause people to trip. Come on, you might not be like me and you trip on real painted lines. <laughs> that's, a true, that's not an exaggeration. This is for real. But in the spirit, in your Christian life, you and I have to be living in a way, we have to see our life is so important that we don't even allow painted lines on the ground to cause other people to stumble. It's like, well, it's just a painted line. It's, it's not really that big a deal. It's not really good or bad. But if it causes someone else to stumble, you, you and I have to live above that. We have to choose to see that our lives matter to other people, that they are important. See, when we only look at us and we live in our own sphere and think, it's just all about me, as if things should be just my way, right? When everything is our own world and we think it's just us, we go like, it's my body, I'll do what I want to. You don't get it, just do whatever you want. It's like it's my world, it's my body, it's my life, it's my thing. My, 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 me, me, me. You're not seeing yourself right. 
You're not seeing how important and impacting you really are is that you matter to the people around you. And it's not about just measuring up and looking like some plasticky weirdo Barbie doll Ken thing, right? You have to be a real person who's really living and struggling through life and enjoying the presence of God. As you live a life that doesn't cause others to stumble because you matter. So what is this thing? What are these standards? What is, what, how has God really called us to live? We taught a whole series that's called Let's Try It His Way, where when we try it God's way, it's for our benefit and we're blessed. And then there's this other layer to it where now when we live, we actually have a testimony that affects other people's lives. But 2 Corinthians 6 says this, live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. See, there's another way that when we don't see ourselves correctly, we live however we want. See, I have to see myself correctly and I matter to whether others will stumble or fall. It affects their life, my example, and as well, I have to see that I have a ministry. Whether I have a title or I work for a church or not, if Jesus lives inside you, you have a ministry. If you don't know Jesus yet, guess what? He lived, he died, he rose from the dead so that you could have a life and a ministry in him. You have a purpose for your life and it's good. And God chose you for something awesome. And you might not have given your heart to him yet, but he already knows you when he called you by name. And it's just one moment, one choice where you walk into that destiny. He prepared an advance for you. But he prepared an advance for you to do good things, not bad things. It's kind of amazing. He prepared an advance for you to th do things that bring life to the body of Christ. And you have a ministry. When you believe you don't have a ministry and you think it's just about you bumping along, living a normal life, then you make whatever decisions you want because you think it doesn't matter. But when you understand that eternity matters and the way you live impacts eternity, it impacts the life of other people and how it influences them in eternity, influences their quality of life. Listen, when we watch people live at a higher standard in their life and we see the favor of God moving in and through their life and inspires us to do the same. When we see marriages that make it 50, 60 years, we go, God, I wanna be like that. We see families that love each other and they, they reach out to each other and they're committed and they, they spend time with their kids and their kids love the Lord and they love each other. We want to be like that. Come on. There's a reason because we see goodness and we want goodness in our life. And we want the favor of God and his blessing in our life and our lives matter. You have a ministry and you have a responsibility before the Lord. And he wants you to live that out for your best cause and for the cause of people around you. Live in such a way. In such a way that we don't make excuses even for the painted lines. Stuff that seem like they, why is that a stumbling block? Paul says, I become all things to all men so that some might be saved. I'll do whatever it takes. And he says, look, if you don't like eating certain foods or the stuff that's been like done to idols or whatever, then I'm not gonna eat that stuff. Just, just get rid of it. Look, if you have a problem with drinking and stuff, I'm not drinking around you, whether it's okay or not. I'm not gonna let that become a stumbling block for you. Amen? Look, how about modesty? Just the way we live, like, I mean, social media is just wild. It's this wild, wild west where we're just like, instead of firing off guns, we're just snapshots. How many pictures of a butt needs to be on the internet in social media? 
I mean, I go to the gym and I like watch people set up like cameras and then they get set on their gym equipment and they're like, they're like I'm like, what are you filming right now? And then where are you gonna place that? I'm like, you're gonna put that on the internet? It's like we live in this world where we don't think that anybody's watching. I mean, and I'm sorry, like it goes all kinds of different directions. Men, women, stuff. We're trying to get things filled in our life and have somebody get enough likes in there or whatever so we feel okay about ourselves. But you have a testimony, you have a ministry. If it's on the internet, is it, you've gotta ask yourself, is that helping build my ministry with Jesus or tearing it down? Am I becoming a stumbling block for somebody or, is it ter- or, am, I, or, or am I helping them move forward in Christ? Ladies, listen, God made you beautiful, okay? If it's not for sale, like don't advertise it, right, okay? Dudes are messed up. Like, guys, think about the things about girls that are awesome, okay, and that are nice. And so, like, if you post all that stuff, you have to think about guys are going to be stumbling. Are you causing men to stumble? Husbands, fathers, it's important. And it's not about, oh, you don't measure up and you're bad, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going through all your Facebooks to find out and go, like, who's good and who's bad. We all have to believe we have a ministry and we have a purpose, okay? And and that purpose is to advance the kingdom at all costs. And every part matters, the way we dress, the way we live, the way we eat, the way we move, the way we breathe, the way we pray, the way we love, the way we serve. It all matters, it makes a difference. I don't want to even have a painted line in my life that causes another believer to stumble. Please, in Jesus' name. And when I do, man, I'm like, God, forgive me. I want to remove that thing. I don't want to even be any kind of stumbling block for another believer. And here's one of the things you have to see about yourself is you have to see and believe that these things are changeable. They can shift. They're just choices. It says decide to make this shift. Decide not to be a stumbling block. Decide to be a positive light and testimony for others, right? And and decide to live out your life where it doesn't hinder your ministry. Just decide. But sometimes we think things that are immovable, things that are unchangeable are actually changeable. And we go after trying to change them. Like the sun goes up and the sun goes down. The moon moves around and the wind blows. And we're like, oh, I wish I could change the seasons. You can't change that stuff. And then we look at the things that are influenceable, the things that can be changed, and we imagine that they are unchangeable. And it's like, oh, my behavior, I just have a bad temper. And I just, I, I just am hot-headed, and it's because I'm Irish. My hair's red. Uh, really, because your hair is red, you have no self-control. <laughs> Look in the Bible, it's like, oh yeah, there it is. The Lord says if your hair's red, you're just in trouble. You're just never going to make it. I mean, you're total pass. All redheads get a total pass because, you know, red hair makes you angry because you have it or something.
It's in my blood. I grew up that way. I can't help this. I'm just always afraid. I'm just always going to be mad. When people, look, I just get mad and I got a short temper. When people do this, I just get mad. You know, if they would just stop doing that stuff, then I wouldn't get mad. And we start to believe those things are not changeable. And they really are. And you have to think about this. Uh, uh, a friend, he wrote this book called Automatic Influence. It's kind of my favorite book right now. And it, he talks to Eric Van Alstyne, and he teaches this principle. It's called plastic chains, identifying plastic chains from real chains. Plastic chains from real chains. There's times in our life there are real chains. There are real limitations. It, there's 24 hours in a day. You don't get to change that. The sun goes up, the sun goes down. It turns winter, you better be ready, right? You're not going to change your wife. You're not going to change your husband, right? You can't make yourself taller or shorter. You can't change those things. God made you with your personality. That's going to be the same. But your character, your decision, you can decide. See, you can change how you behave. You can choose what you look at. You can choose what you see. You can choose how you live for Christ. You can choose Jesus. You can choose those things. And you and I need to have the wisdom to know the difference between the things that can be changed and the things that can't. And we confess over our life that these things can't be changed all the time. We put ourselves in prison to plastic chains, chains that can easily be broken by the Spirit of God, by the power of God's love, and just boom, just bust them off. You don't have to live, you don't have to live in sexual sin. You don't. You don't have to live looking at pornography your whole life. You don't have to live with a bad temper. You don't have to live without self-control. You don't have to live gossiping and slandering and talking bad about people. Do you know negativity is the language of hell? It is not the language of heaven. Graham Cook teaches that, 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 that the language of heaven is positive. You get to heaven, it's not gonna be negative. Nobody's gonna be talking bad about nobody in heaven. It's gonna be positive. You speak negative things over yourself. You speak negative things over people around you. That is not the language of heaven. God has a language and it's positive and it's building up and it's about your best good and the best good of others and you and I need to decide that we're gonna live in such a way that our lives matter. Come on. We gotta decide that we'll live in such a way and God, will you break the plastic chains in our life? We help us to accept the limitations that you really have and that we really have. Amen? But let's look at the authority of the scripture. Because you and I, we can talk about this all day long. And I had a discussion with somebody the other day. It wasn't very long ago. It was like, hey, listen, this is the way we're supposed to live. And they're like, and it was about forgiveness, you know. And, and uh, we're, we're supposed to go to people and we're supposed to forgive and we're supposed to own our own offense and this. And they're like, well, that's kind of your own opinion. I go, it's not my opinion. Let's go to the scripture. We look in the Bible and Jesus says, listen, you go to those that you offend. And they're like, oh, what was that scripture again? <laughs> The Bible has authority. It is authority. And if we, we just do what the Bible says, we will benefit. So let's look at the authority of what the Scripture says for us and how we ought to live. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. You with me? You, however, talking to believers, you, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith. In love and endurance, likewise, teach older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine. 
but to teach what is good. Then they can urge younger women to live uh, to what younger women to live love <laughs> to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled and pure to be busy at home to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God similarly encourage young men to be self-controlled you hear that self-control a lot of self-control going on nobody gets out of being self-controlled in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In, uh, in your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything. Try to, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about our God and Savior attractive. Now, listen, this is about making the way we live, we live in such a way that well, the way we live is attractive to those around us. It, it, Jesus becomes attractive. It's not about we're endorsing slavery here, okay? You gotta stay away from like, women have to stay in the home. That was in their present culture. He's saying, when you're in an oppressive kind of culture like this, slavery was oppressive, amen? Women having to be in certain roles and only places, oppressive. Even in that, he's saying, you need to learn how to be attractive. Live like Christ attractively. Come on. No matter what the circumstances, how bad they are, we need to live in such a way that Jesus is attractive. Even in one of the most uh, uh, atrocious things like slavery. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. This is about people getting saved, guys. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control. There it is again. Upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. These then are the things you should teach, encourage, and rebuke with all authority, and do not let anyone despise you. Look, he gave himself up to redeem us from all wickedness. Jesus paid the price to redeem us from all wickedness. We can live in all purity. If you believe you can't live in purity, it's a plastic chain that God wants to break off your life. You can. And it says with all goodness. He says, listen, just pray this. God, is it good? Is this good? Before you post it on the internet, Lord, is this good? Will this glorify your name? Before you go into a relationship with someone, Lord, is this good? Will this glorify your name? Before you speak or say something about somebody else, God, is this good? Will this bring glory to your name? Will this harm and hurt another person? Not, am I justified? Am I right to do it? No, listen, Mike prophesied something pretty awesome today. I believe it was the word of the Lord for us. Is your comfort is not as important as God's name. My comfort is not as important as his name. And my job is to bring light and glory to his name. That is one of my number one responsibilities. 
because people matter and I matter to them because Jesus matters to me and he lives in me. People matter, man, and my ministry matters. My testimony matters, and if what I'm doing harms my testimony, it's not good. I ought not do it. We have to live in such a way, live in such a way that your life makes others' lives better. Live in such a way that your love causes others to know God is real and enjoy his presence. Live in such a way that if you were gone, you would be missed. Gotta love big. Live in such a way that intentions cannot be misunderstood. Your motives will be pure, not to harm, but to help. Live in such a way that your work ethic will never be in question. Live in such a way that your character cannot be questioned. Your honesty and integrity are bedrock. Live in such a way that your words do not harm others. We avoid gossip and slander. Live in such a way that you will not cause others to stumble with your modesty. Live in such a way that you never cause division or strife and partner with the enemy's desire and will to divide his church. God, the enemy wants to divide your marriages. Do you know he's on assignment? It's his number one goal is to divide your marriages. That's what he wants to do. He wants to jackhammer them. And he wants to do it with division. Any place there can be unity, there can be power. And whenever there's unity in the body of Christ and the family is the core of God's unity in the church, okay? And when we unify and we stay together, then it creates power and the enemy wants to jackhammer that. He wants to, he wants to destroy that. Because he knows if he destroys that, he can diffuse the power of the Holy Spirit moving through our lives and through our ministries. Don't partner with division. It's always from the enemy. Live in such a way that you inspire others to be better. Live today the way you want to be remembered tomorrow. Live today the way you want to be remembered tomorrow. Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky and you will hold firmly to the word of life. God has called you to a ministry to shine. To shine and to shine bright. And he shaped you for something more than just living for yourself. You matter to others. You're made to shine. Live in such a way that you shine. Amen? You gotta decide. You gotta decide that your testimony, it matters, and that Jesus living inside you will go out and be a light and shine in his example of his love. Your testimony, guys, listen, it has power. Your life has power because when people see that if God can love you, they see that God can love them. They see that if God can change you and your brokenness and your messed up stuff, that he can change them. If God can rescue you, he can also rescue them. And some of us have been rescued from some stuff, like being a tripper. <laughs> keep your children away from the altar <laughs> oh, I'm a recovering tripper Jesus has transformed me I haven't tripped a child in years 
<laughs> I haven't tripped any of your children in years, thank the Lord. But if we don't decide, listen, if we don't decide that our lives are gonna be empowered by his love and grace, if we don't decide that our lives are gonna be empowered by his love and grace, they won't be. If you don't just decide to let the Holy Spirit move through your life, guess what? He doesn't. He loves you. His presence is always waiting and ready in the same, and he'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll always be present, but he will not move through you. He's a gentleman, and he works in partnership and unity with your will. And when you will it, when you decide to let him move through you, then he will. But if you don't, and you... I'll, just pretend to be a Christian you, and you, or, or you, ha, you are a Christian and then you live however you want, people will only see your religious activity as dead. And now you're sending a confusing message to people instead of a God who brings life and transformation and hope to change. It's just a God who's a bunch of rules and regulations and another stinking thing to do. He's alive. He's real. He changed you. He can change you more. You don't have to be where you're at today. You could be somewhere else, and thank God you're not where you used to be. Thank God I'm not where I used to be. Children are way safer in our church. Children are safer in my home. But that's because of the power of God to move and change in our life. Decide, 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 decide to live in such a way that your life matters and brings glory to God's name. His name is more important than your comfort. Shine for him. Before we worship, I want us to just pray. Let's, let's get a shift. We need a power shift here. We're going to see our lives as important. See our lives, they have, we're a, we have a ministry. Amen? And, and, and that ministry is important. And we're going to begin to live a life that brings glory to God. So Father, in Jesus' name, and if you want, raise your hands. It's okay. Jesus, change me right now. Help me to see myself as having a powerful ministry with you, a life that matters, a life that causes others to see your glory, God, to see your life. Jesus, use me right now. Shift me. Father, pour out your presence, your great spirit, God, upon us, each one of us, to empower us to live a life that glorifies you, that will not bring condemnation to your name or to others, and will never be a stumbling block for other ministry ministers or ministries or people or believers and never harm our ministry God let us do what is good what is holy what is righteous what is pure let our motives be good God let us speak well of others God let us live to a standard that brings glory to your name father will you do it by your spirit help us to not be excuse makers people that just say well it's just the way I have to be break those plastic chains off of our life forever in Jesus mighty name God, we destroy the work of the enemy that would want to trap us and divide us and cause us to live in a way that doesn't glorify you. Jesus, pour out your spirit in great measure on us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and worship? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.